2: Download the free Anchor app right now, or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast Stardom is within your reach.
0: I'm Leo Phillips, host of This Must Be The Gig. We're a weekly podcast that documents everything about the world of live music. Speaking with choreographers, costume, and set designers, the people who run beloved venues and festivals, and, of course, speaking with musicians about that one gig that changed their lives. Get your peek behind the curtain at consequenceofsound.net, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.
2: Consequence Podcast Network. And welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with... It's an audio interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. If you're not already a subscriber to the series, uh, take that moment right now. Hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening from. We put out multiple interviews every week. In fact, uh, three a week at least. Uh, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. So uh, hit the subscribe button. Keep up with us and up to date with all your favorite artists too. And that means anywhere, really. Uh, iTunes and Apple Podcasts. You can also subscribe on Spotify or YouTube. If you're over there, you can subscribe there as well. I'm Kyle Merritt. Today, my guest, Nick Hexham of the band 311. There is a brand new 311 record called Voyager, which I will point out interestingly timed with the 50th anniversary of the moon landing. It kind of has nothing to do with that, but it also has a lot to do with that. And Nick will tell us uh, what that is. We'll also hear how it's important for them right now when they're writing a new record to appease old fans uh, uh, or fans of the old sound, rather, as well as trying new things and venturing out, voyaging out. See, did it right there, too. We'll hear about songs like Good Feeling and, and Born to Live and also the controversy of uh, when they first released a single, Crossfire, and its ties with a, uh, a Noise Storm song called Heist. And if you're a follower of 311, you probably know they've got, uh, they've got cannabis products amber chocolate uplifters nick's going to tell us about the history of that and and what they plan on doing with those brands in the future and speaking of future next year marks the 30th anniversary of 311 there's things in the works too interesting and exciting things so you're definitely going to hear about that uh talking about the record voyager it's kyle meredith with 311 how are you well man uh i've now heard uh voyager and um it seems like 311's on a on a roll again, and, and I, I don't say that with any disrespect to any part of a career because I think every band, if they've been around long enough, kind of goes through these, you know, the peaks and valleys or whatever. But there's, does it feel like there's something special happening with these last few records?
3: Yeah, I can earnestly say that we, you know, went through a kind of a regrouping phase and then found a, a, a new lane, you know, kicked open a new door, on Mosaic, and then I would say we cruise through it on this new album, where I guess a lot of bands get caught up in, do we go old school, do we stick to the tried and true, or do we reinvent? And we just found that having kind of a dual path where we have a certain set of songs that are departures, modern, nothing like you've heard before, and then another set of songs that are old school 311 done in the old school manner. So because we, you know, you're kind of torn. You don't want to stick just to the traditional, but you don't want to completely leave it behind because we kind of did invent something special. So it kind of gave us the, a feeling of freedom or squashed any anxiety because we are doing both.
2: Is is that what attracts you to... Um... The, uh, the the dual producers there with uh, with John Feldman and Scott Roston Because it, it seems like they sort of bring the two things that you're talking about.
3: Yeah, that's really the, the most clear division where the Scotch stuff is done in-house, where we just work at our own studio and do things at a very relaxed pace. And it's not a, a lot of... Well, in the Feldy situation, it's like we... our our cages are purposely rattled and we're pushed to completely try different new things, which is a very healthy exercise in itself. And maybe it's a little bit more challenging to, okay, I know you guys normally do stuff this way, but let's try it this way. And then we have to be like, Hey, let's try it. So both, both important parts for our growth. I think
2: the title, uh, maybe it's a coincidence. I thought it's an interesting title because While the Voyager is not what went to the moon, you know, around the time this comes out is actually going to be around the time the 50th anniversary of the moon landing happened. Is that a coincidence, or is there uh, some (laughs) intelligent thought that went into that?
3: Yeah, that would be a coincidence. Uh, But I do feel that we we feel like we're explorers, and we've always been attracted to sci-fi imagery. And um, you know, I think we're searchers. We're looking for and new territory musically figuring out life and trying to crack the code of the next perfect song you know i feel like we are musical explorers so the title somebody suggested it and was like yes let's do that and it fits in really good with the sort of sci-fi um imagery of the, the cover artwork
2: the actual voyager um is now the most distant man-made object from earth you know it's about it is. It's the furthest thing that we've ever produced in space, you know, uh, out there. And, and and kind of thinking about how that works its way it, as, to me as a listener, you know, into the record. I mean, of course, you've got a song called Space and Time, and I think there is an obvious thing there. But even on the songs that aren't obvious, you know, take good feeling because we're in the age of anxiety. You know, a lot of people will yeah. say that. You know, so everything that's happening down here on this tiny blue dot. Uh, I I know we get bogged down with a lot in in life. All throughout your all's career, it seems to be that one of your missions and and maybe mantras is to kind of flip that. I mean, you you offer a song like Good Feeling, and, and it seems like that's trying to say, all right, escape for just a
3: second. Yeah, and focus on the good things in life again, where, you know, I think people get so wrapped up in their daily lives and maybe start to ignore each other. So a a song that is completely just uncorking human joy and connection and unity, you know, that's something that we do well and we maybe kind of got away from for a little bit. And to me, this song harkens back to our very first single, which is Do You Right, which is just a very joyous song about friendship and celebrating life and there was a time in the in the late 90s where all these bands were so angry and we're like we don't relate with that that's that's not our truth so we're not going to go with that we're just going to stick to what we do and express our full range of emotions and yeah maybe anger comes into it sometimes but it it became such a crutch in music especially heavy music for so long and we just kind of stuck to what we do and this song to me is a it's a Appeals to a really wide variety of people. It's it's my kids love it. It's a very it's a it's a song about a unity. Like I said, and I think it's something that we're uniquely suited to to do because of the legacy that we have, being about unity, and it's a fun one to play.
2: But you know, further down then you flip that and and born to live. I mean, that that sounds like it's taking the more concerned routes. Like yeah, the unity's there, but you're not you're not acting like the the rest of the world isn't happening with it with this song,
3: yeah, you know, I think there was that spat of suicides in lead singers, you know what I mean that mm-hmm. to me, I was like, man, I was born to live, yes, there's a heightened sensitivity that comes with being an artist, but I'm gonna see it through like that. This is I, w- I was born to live, and so it just started with that title, and then you know also the phrase "skin is paper thin." That I had like was sitting on that phrase for such a long time because I realized that 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 kind of sensitivity comes with being a, a decent artist. You can't be hard and callous and make good music. So it's like this is a price I'll happily pay of really feeling. So yeah, it it does get into slightly. Concerned territory, like you said, I
2: think that's a good summation. It's it's one of my favorites on there, and, and I can throw compliments to songs like "Charge It Up" and, and "Rolling Through." I mean, those, those songs are monsters, especially musically. What's going on there? I, I will bring up though. You know, it, it did seem like the the whole campaign got off to a bit of a hiccup because there was there was controversy at the beginning with the with the with the uh, release of the single "Crossfire" and and Noise Storms Heist." Uh, I think you've cleared this up on Twitter, but what,
3: what what happened there? Well, I think that these things only get really weird when one side denies an influence and denies. But what had happened was, so that was, like you said, it was handled completely amicably because I was like, yep, you're, you're right, I, I hadn't really realized what had happened. But a, a friend of mine had sent me um, some tracks that I thought were his, and I, and I just kind of was thinking of it as a, a drum track, and and I just started getting carried away with it. And then once I heard it, I didn't know where it came from, but then once it was brought to my attention, I was like, yep, you're right. Let's, uh, let's work that out. And so it was... Handled amicably, and we made a new friend out of it.
1: <laughs> that's good
2: because you know we, we've obviously heard the uh, the, the opposite stories uh, of those moments like that.
3: Yeah, so often people be like, "No, I never heard that song in my life," and I'm like, "That's just that's not that's not possible." They, you know what I mean? So. I immediately cop to it and made a new friend out of it.
2: That's uh, I, I was thinking of the um, the far other end of the spectrum too. When you've got a pop artist, especially one, so I, like uh, like uh, what was it? Uh, Beyonce when when she released the Lemonade record, and the credits list was just you know, I mean, it was basically a book because I, I think we you know <laughs> we did get in that point where it's like I have to make sure. that i credit every single person that might have influenced a record like this you know it's
3: yeah yeah and now it it has changed where there maybe was one or two writers in our songs a long time ago we we have gone more and more collaborative and i would go over to feldy's and he would introduce me to a new person like evan bogart for example was the guy that wrote born to live with us and he is just a a great writer and a new really good friend. So I I do think it's important to open your mind to more and more collaborations and push yourself out of your comfort zone. And I also heard a podcast about it recently that really supports that, that um, biologically humans have a desire for novelty at a Certain age, maybe it's the time you know where people want to go out and have new experiences. Maybe move to a new city and go find their fame and fortune. But that's going to be when they're maybe in their younger, age, their teens and their 20s, where they have a desire for novelty. So you have to keep stoking that because your brain will naturally kind of close and be like, okay, well, this is what I already like and that's it. So you have to keep kind of forcing yourself to be exposed to new experiences or else you just stay in a, in a rut or in a lane. So for me, that's something I'm very into is like changing up my experience so I keep growing. And, and that has come in, you know, having more and more collaborations also, changing the way I write songs where sometimes I would say, you know what, I've been working on a computer too long, now I'm just going to go to the beach with an acoustic guitar and a pad and paper and write a song there like in super old-school way. Other times, I'll start with a, a loop, and you know what I mean? So you got to change the process a lot. Yeah. Sometimes it works out great, sometimes it doesn't.
2: Other than the shared word, is, is there a through line for a Dream State to Lucid Dreams?
3: Not really. I think... Um... A dream is just such a packed word because it can mean, you know, your big goal in life, or it can mean fantasizing, or it can mean, you know, a literal dream that you have while you're asleep. And I think I've gotten a little bit more educated on what, you know, a good sleep cycle does for your mm-hmm. your brain and your, and your body. And um, I think we naturally just get more and more educated on health and how you got to you know to take care of yourself and reset or in the early days we were just like partying like crazy people and probably not recharging our brains so yeah scotch and chad really knocked it out of the park on the song dream state it's a very unusual production and then when way it just opens up it sounds like you're stepping onto a new planet when you get to that chorus with a really long notes and i use this guitar it's it's a sustainer guitar where the strings actually play themselves without you having to use a pick because there's a a magnetic pickup that causes the strings to vibrate. So if you'll hear when I hit a chord, then you'll hear these overtones slowly opening up, where it, it rings out an octave up, which gives it that hugeness. So I think that's a really the song feels like a, a, an accomplishment.
2: You know, well, both of those. You know, especially the way that kind of hits the middle of the record and, and closes it out. And I, I was putting a bunch of things together. You just said there too, because it was. Um, you know, your love of, of sci-fi and fantasy and, and dreams. And I thought, you know, it's 2019, and I appreciate that I've got a phone in my pocket that tells me when to go to sleep. That's, uh, hey, this would yeah. be a good time for you to go to sleep.
3: <laughs> yes, and I use that. I, I hear that ding, 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 mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, time for bed. It's the real thing.
2: We have machines that tell us, that tuck us in, basically. How so... to live.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> You know, I'll use that as a seg too, because uh, speaking of, um, this this is the other side of that, the more organic side of how to live. Can you tell me about Amber Chocolate
3: and the Uplifters? Yes. You know, it's been fun and exciting, kind of like writing an album to create these cannabis projects. But then we've also had a bunch of setbacks where it's like the Wild West, where all these companies are like looking good one day, and then the next day they fall apart, and so we've we've had some deals that fell by the wayside, but um, Amber Chocolate we had a, a limited run for that in Colorado, but that to me is my favorite product because I prefer edibles because I get more of a, a clarity. I I don't when I vape I get more of a brain fog kind of feeling, so I like edible where I feel creative and focused. I don't know why, but it is a different effect for me.
1: Absolutely, and
3: I like a lot of CBD in there because it kind of takes the edge off and keeps you from getting into any like kind of anxious zone. So we're looking to get those out in California. There are there's some left in Colorado, but our next thing is to re-release the the vapes and we have four different strains amber indica beautiful disaster sativa transistor hybrid and golden sunlight uh sleep and you know each of those has an effect that kind of is similar to the song title that it's named after so it um, can kind of help people understand what they're going to get
2: it's um, a really great entrepreneurial way of of um I also have knowing your audience, too, because, I, you know, I definitely think that the two cultures, what what you present musically and, and the lifestyle that kind of comes along with it. I mean, uh, aside from maybe a selfish reason of liking to have these in your own life, I think that was a really good moment of saying, I think our audience are really going
3: to like these. Yeah. And it was the type of thing that we would. Say almost as a joke back in the day. Wouldn't it be great if we could have our own cannabis products sold legally in stores? And we're like, haha, that would that would be awesome. And then now it's here. You know, so it's something that we always wanted to do, and it's great that justice has come around to support that because it was pretty absurd that we were you know risking arrest and everything for so long and, and also just the the racial justice of it i mean that cannabis prohibition was used as such a um a way to harass minorities for right. so long saying well, i smell i smell weed yanking people out of the car well that's, that's not a true probable cause yeah we're um
2: we're still waiting for that to pass here in kentucky and, uh, and we'll probably have to get a different regime in office before it definitely will, but uh, it is absurd. It, it's, you know. Um, let's see here. 2020, that's uh, next year. That's going to be the 30th anniversary of the band. Does that make things like 311 day? Does that have to be something more? or I mean, is there going to be a major celebration that goes along with this?
3: Yeah, we're kicking around a lot of ideas right now. And one of which is I'm talking to Gibson Guitars about having a signature model to celebrate 30 years, but mostly it's just, it just, it calls attention to the fact of how rare it is to have an original lineup still intact after all that time. And what that means is we There's just an unspoken communication between us when we play together that you can't get any other way than putting in those. I mean, we had 10,000 hours probably when we first made it big back in, like, 95 Mm -hmm. because we've already been playing so much. I can only imagine how many hours we have together. But it also means just having a whole lot of inside jokes. (laughs) If you could think about how many crazy experiences we have that we just can say two words and everybody chuckles because it's a reference to some crazy experience that we had but it's it's a it's a very special thing and i'm going to continue to take care of it the best i can
1: it,
2: yeah i mean for a band who's been around for as long as you have for has consistently put out albums the way you all have i mean i think you're long past that moment but it's it's like every year brings an anniversary for something i mean even this year it's the twenty-fifth of Grassroots, the twentieth of Sound System, and the and tenth of Uplifter. You know, and and next year it's going to be you know two or three more, and on and on and on. That's that's a hell of an accomplishment.
3: Yeah, and Beautiful uh, things. <laughs> we're one of the longest-running original lineup bands that there is. I I understand that you two and Radiohead and De La Soul have us beat, but we're somewhere in the top five. And that's pretty cool.
2: That's incredible. That's incredible. Congratulations. Nick, congratulations on Voyager, too. It's been a whole lot of fun to listen uh, to this record and, uh, and excited to, uh, to see you guys out there on the road performing it live. Glad to hear it. Well, uh, have fun out on the road and, uh, and congrats on Voyager. And, uh, and thank you so much for the, for the talk today.
3: My pleasure. Enjoyed it. All All right. Right. Take care.
2: All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. Big O thanks to Nick Hexham of 311, the new 311 record. It's called Voyager. Now, before I get out of here, uh, I'm actually going to include a bonus interview. It was uh, 2017 when 311 released uh, the previous record called Mosaic. And that's also when I caught up with 311's bassist, Peanut. So check this one out as we talk about that uh, massive 17-cut record. Uh, Staying true to their all-in mantra, hearing about the process of the Mosaic record and uh, and its first single, Too Much to Think. Part 2, Kyle Meredith with 311.
1: Hi, I'm Peanut from 311.
2: Hi, Peanut. How are you?
1: Good, good. What a what a nice, rich, warm voice you have.
2: <laughs> uh, I do appreciate you giving the call today, because I'm excited that we're talking about a new album, Mosaic.
1: Yes, yeah, it's, it's kind of like a, about time. Uh, it was fun to this. This seemed like the the first time we were really like I don't know like professionally patient about this uh, this creation. Uh, we knew we wanted to take a while. We didn't want to rush it. There's kind of no need. We are stoked about Stereolithic and how that came out and, uh, and wanted to make steps forward from that kind of groundwork that we laid a few years ago. But we didn't want to do the same thing so, no, mosaic was a was a long process and super super fun. It's like an adventure, just like a patient adventure. I, I've
2: heard you guys talking in other interviews about the new directions of this one, and as you say, not wanting to do the same thing. I'd really be curious for you to expand on that, though. What does exactly that mean this time around?
1: You know, we've been around so long that that there's the undercurrent from our fans. They're like. Remember this. Remember. Remember when. Remember. Remember the like a vintage sound. You know, and and I, I think we I think we did that with Stereolithic. There was a there was a step the step in the future, and then also like a, a step in the past because a, a few of those songs were like old demos that we rehashed. So they were they were literally old projects that we freshened up, and that's I don't know. That's why it sounded so cool. But there was something. I don't know. We're all we're all real different now. So to step forward into the future has is, is always been kind of a goal of the band, and uh, and for us to kind of rekindle that fire with the producer and live sound engineer, and then John Feldman with five songs is just the perfect perfect little I don't know, like kind of stab because it wasn't always comfortable. Just in the right direction. I I never heard anybody talk to Nick say like Feldman did it was it was great it was like about time like here's a guy who can push us push us in a way that we're not where we won't push back and be like yeah no no we're not we're not doing that John was like he's like come on man do it better he's like do it again but do it better uh-huh. I'm like oh my gosh put my hand up to my mouth and like I can't believe he just said that and then Nick and like okay let's do this and like oh wow so it, it was great because we've 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 refused good ideas from some of the best in the industry (laughs) because we're so dead set on our target which is you know i don't know cloudy and amorphous we don't even really know exactly what we're going for but it's kind of hard to take direction from people sometimes we're and it's banned so but we but we know what we're doing collectively and this was just the time for us to listen and i think we we learned a lot
2: 311 cloudy and amorphous Yay. Like the headline there. But I mean, it's true because what you're almost 30 years as a band. And I know once you get to a certain point, everybody's always going to bring up whatever year it is for you guys. But, you know, as you're saying, to find that fire for creativity and not just phone it in from, you know, the comfort of your rock and roll rocking chair. I mean, how far do you have to dig to, to, you know, to to connect, to, to want to go for it? Because. I mean, you guys have got a double disc greatest hits at this point you could totally phone it in if you wanted to, but that's not what you're doing
1: no I mean i don't i I don't want to say we ever did that, but we were definitely like leaning on that side of, of creativity like oh, we got this like okay, well, here's our demos demos sound great let's 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 record them album boom, call it an album and this was this was not that this was this was challenging. Like, I sent out a couple of tweets while while Nick was coming up with some of the riffs for uh, Too Late, and I'm like, gosh, he's like trying to trying to like summon a troll. Like, there's some there's some really amazing, super dark, but but you know, energetic vibe going on that's just perfect for the the nerd in me that wants to get out of my kind of guitar patterns and my and my my uh, the, the the easy the easy answers I don't know my routine I guess mm-hmm. and and Nick's been learning so much so when he comes to the table with with new ideas it's always kind of like a I don't know it's like a tongue twister for my hands and I love that I, I eat that up really really happily so I don't know it's, it's just been like we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna keep trying mm-hmm. we're gonna keep digging and yeah it's just it's just fun. I, I think we're excited about what's going on in music kind of in general. I know I've been I've been listening to 5,000% more pop music than I ever have in my whole life, and I and I, I can't really explain why except for that's what they play at Cycle. Right. So it's ha- it's having it's having like a really big impact on my appreciation for these for these like arena kind of style choruses, and I don't know, just making it bit. How big can it be? Right. You know, let let let's see it. Like how how much rock does 2017 once you know on the on the on the table and, and there's there's room for it you know there's pop music going crazy there's 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 something for everybody in music right now and and for me it seems like rock and roll a little quiet in the conversation and it sounds like a, a time for us to kind of put on our cape and, uh, and give it our best shot to uh, update what we think is an important an important genre as I pass someone effortlessly in my Tesla. Wow! <laughs> well, I mean, you got as fast.
2: You get a good uh, example of that with this for a single. Too much time to think. Um, is there any uh, specific story behind that one at all?
1: That was that was John Feldman and Nick coming up with that. Uh, they called me in after I think they had worked on it maybe a day or, or two, and I was completely blown away. Uh, it's it's a uh, you know cliche town it, it was like a breath of fresh air and it, and it really was in the in the strangest way where where that axiom really came from would would be a, a good uh, I don't know beginning like that's exactly what it felt like when I when I walked into the room and that's why I was pushing for that to be the first single as well as the, the first song on the album so yeah. it's just it's just amazing um, I don't know I could tell I could tell we were we were in a really good place. We were in good hands. We could trust this process. Yeah. And Feldman was like, "You're you're, go- you're gonna have to trust me. You know, like I, I know what you guys want." You guys are gonna to have to let go for a little bit, and I was like, Oh gosh, this will, this is great. This is exactly what we need. It's gonna be uncomfortable, but it's gonna be awesome. Like, how are these? What's the result gonna be? It's gonna be incredible. Bring it, bring it
2: on. Well, I I do love that single. I mean, that first listen, it's instant. You know, it's got one of those just feel good vibes to it, and I know you guys have always sort of had that reputation about yourself, which, you know, is amazing because most of the conversations I'm having with musicians right now is a much darker conversation. And somehow you guys have found out a way, you know, to still have the smiles going on with, I don't know, the way music's working and world politics and how it's all coming together at the moment. And I don't know if that you know infiltrates any more of the record, but uh, or or does it?
1: Not, not really. We try our best to stay kind of apolitical, and there's enough of that going on. But, but personally, I super feel that weight. I, you know, if you're if you're non-political in a political time, then it's kind of hard to have a voice. You know, I, I've, I've read that. I don't know how true it is, uh, but I, but I feel I feel the truth in that. There's, there's, there's that. And we could be we could be really impactful if that was our if that was our aim. But I think our aim is is to kind of tell everybody that everything is OK. You can slow down a little bit and you can enjoy this this reality as. As strange and confusing as it can be sometimes, it's also okay to just take a deep breath and realize that it's also pretty awesome. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna always reflect that no matter what.
2: Well, I cannot wait to hear the rest of this record. You've uh, really set it up nicely for me. So
1: I think. I think everyone everyone's a strong word as a superlative um, will will enjoy it there's there is some old school kind of throwback stuff like riff rock on there of course i mean there's seventeen songs so mm-hmm. we we've, we've got a mixed we've got a mixed bag of ideas, but at the same time there's there's a there's a lot of three eleven um, that you'll not be surprised by on the album as well, as well as the stepping into the future and Oh, look what they did there kind of thing. Right. It's it's great. It's it's a fantastic album. I'm I'm really excited about it.
2: Me too. Well, thank you so much Peanut. It was a real pleasure talking to you today.
1: My pleasure. Let's do it again.
2: All right. Take care, man. Take care. Be good. Bye. Peanut from 311 from a 2017 interview behind the record Mosaic. And again, thanks to uh Nick for the uh, the newest 311 interview and their latest album called Voyager. Hey, don't forget, before you get out of here, I, I do hope you hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with the series. Again, we release interviews every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So wherever you're listening from, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Uh, if you're on YouTube, they make you do it twice because you got to hit the bell as well. But maybe you're listening on Spotify, uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. Uh, where you can also give a rating to the series, uh, leave a review, or maybe you just want to say, Hi, uh, I check the series out every now and then, and I'm listening from Texas or... Um, Belize. Anyway, just go ahead and say hi. After that, head to wfpk.org. That's where I do a show every Monday through Friday at 6pm Eastern, where you can hear the biggest new songs of the day, some anniversary spins, music news, and more of these interviews as well. Wfpk.org. Consequenceofsound.net They've got your music and film news. You can also find me at Twitter, at Kyle Meredith, and Facebook, slash Kyle Meredith. And that does it for another edition I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time.